Thanks for making this podcast 100% fan and listener supported and ad break free. And if you want to support this show and say thanks for all the good content you're getting here on the main feed, you can get access to an absolute ridiculous amount of exclusive audio and video over on our Patreon page. For as little as $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash podcast. you can get access to over 100 and some episodes of the Smackdown Crawl. Me and Adam going in depth reviewing every single episode episode of Smackdown. We're just on the cusp of 9-11. As well as that, we've got the Gamesmanship video series. You've got comic reviews with Adam and Billy. You've got the Bibliotech, and there may be another example of that here on the main feed very shortly. You've got the Reading Ranch. You've got the new series, The Corporate Ministry of Sound. So much content each and every month. Two new pieces added. And if you want to get access to nearly seven years worth of audio goodies, you can get that entire back catalogue right now. Back for just a month. Back out whenever you like keep this show ad free patreon.com forward slash ae podcast but now i'm sorry to inform you that we are in fact american made and it's time for hulk hogan's celebrity championship wrestling hope you're happy hello everyone and welcome to the amateur podcast unprecedented second place boys picks everyone gets to go because i'm surprisingly magnanimous special edition Hope once again it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin. Join us, I'm always, by my cohorts, comrades, and colleagues. First, the man who, fortunately, his winning streak came to an end with the first ever not real boys' picks. Mm. It's the baddest man on the planet, but the best man in our hearts, Billy Keeble. How are you doing today, Billy? I'm doing okay. Is it is it like so much acid in your mouth to have to sit through not one? with two of your co-hosts' picks for boys' picks while the Hardy Show lies fallow. I, I mean, I, I would still like to watch the Hardy Show, but I had a good time recording Legends House with you. Not so much watching it, but recording it. We, I had a good time. I'm hoping we'll have another good time today. <laughs> That's a nice, judicious way of putting it. I appreciate that. I wish I was dead. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe, you know. Yeah. Might kill you. Might. I'll strangle you in your sleep. That's a treat. <laughs> and to my right, unquestionably, Silver Studded, the man who came in second, but stands above all today with his boy's pick. Second place it, it came in after Legends House. Uh, it's Adam Bibolo, ladies and gentlemen. hey How are you doing today, Adam? I'm... I'm not amazing. I'm like the second place equivalent of amazing. I'm, I'm all right. You're I'm fine. good. I'm fine. That's how it goes in terms of the goodness meter. It's amazing. That's gold medal. All right slash fine. Silver medal. And then third place. Maybe we'll kill you this Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, check in with your friends. How are they doing today? Adam, now, you did not have a good time recording Legends House. No. No, I did not. Or watching Legends House. Well, you know, no, no, that being said, recording it was fun. I always have a nice time chatting with you guys about something, even if I think it's dog shit. Like, it's always fun. The fans have taken to Legends House. Oh, boy. More than even I, the man who picked Legends House yep. several times throughout his podcasting career, could ever have accounted for. I feel like almost like a fool for, for being like, Maybe I'll give everyone else a go because never before have I had this level of support from people being like, oh no, the thing 
that you, we've always said no to. We actually will love that. I want more of it now. Not since ECW on Sci-Fi have I been so upset that people loved an episode so much because it's like, oh, now they're going to want fucking more God of it. God damn it. And because of that, people are going to be even more resentful of what we're doing today. Which is Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Crampionship Wrestling brought to you by Adam Bibolo, who oh. I'm very happy to say got to do the, the lion's share of research and looking into this one. Yep, lucky me. Lucky you. Now, I'm going to make several assumptions before you tell me anything about this. And Billy, okay. feel free to chime in if you had assumptions. But I was expecting, A, Eric Bischoff to have produced this, mm-hmm. and B, it to have been something that was pitched to Hulk Hogan, not that he pitched to anyone else. Mm. <laughs> I think that's abundantly clear that that's yeah, the case. Yeah, you're pretty much bang on the money there. Like, it, this easily could have been Nasty Boy Brian Nobbs Celebrity Championship Wrestling, or Brutus the Barber Beefcake, or Jimmy Hart Celebrity Championship Wrestling. In the interview with Hogan, where he was promoting the show, he claimed that it was him, Bischoff, and Jimmy all sat around, and Hogan was like, I've got an idea, brother. The wrestling industry is so stale and stagnant these days. Why don't we get a load of celebrities in it? So they were cruising around Hollywood looking for some action. They had their radio tuned to a celebrity station. I see. Is that Danny Bonaducci's radio station? (laughs) (laughs) The reality of it is this was produced by Bischoff Hervey Entertainment. They are a company that Eric Bischoff and... Jason Hervey. Jason Hervey, that's it. From the Wonder Years. Yes, who is also an actor and basically retired to go on to do producing. Him and Bischoff worked together and produced a fucking crap ton of moderately successful reality tv shows it's like not none of it is like the gold tier like they they didn't make a pawn stars they didn't make like you know anything that was synonymous with the brand but they made a lot of stuff that got like seven seasons plus i'm pretty sure you and i talked about bischoff and harvey on one of our i think so years. yeah because they're the type of people where if they had an idea they would pitch it they had that great one where it was like uh, the special uh, Las Vegas themed reality show where seven millionaires each put up a million dollars and the winner goes away with slightly more money than they already had. They had shows including I Want to Be a Hilton, Scott Bayo is 45 and single, and the hit sequel Scott Bayo is 46 and pregnant. What? <laughs> Hulk Hogan's Micro Championship Wrestling. Oh, yeah, I that. Beverly Hills Fabulous and Finding Hulk Hogan, which I believe is like a sort of a gritty, like, People don't really know the real Terry Bollea behind the Hogan brother. Is that the when he went through his hole and the gun was in my hand, I brother. think it was that era of Hogan. <laughs> yeah, like. where, where Hogan could only be seen on daytime TV talking about his shite book. <laughs> so I found a interview where Eric went on Monday Night Mayhem, which is a radio station, and he was excited to work with Hogan and he had lots to say about this upcoming project. So what time frame are we now? This is 2008 this came out. Okay, so just after Bischoff would have ceased operations at WWE, mm-hmm. but before him and Hogan found their ultimate reality pursuit, which is ruining TNA. <laughs> <laughs> so Bischoff said that the goal with this was to create a wrestling show that appealed to reality TV fans and a reality show that appealed to wrestling fans. Yeah, I noticed the word fans. Every time you say it, you get closer and closer to Jimmy Hart. Like, you know, reality fans and the wrestling well, look, fans. It wasn't meant to compete with MTV's Tough Enough, man. It was just meant to be an alternative for the fans. <laughs> I think this is this this is already getting extremely intriguing for me. Because like, mm. CMT, they had other wrestling stuff on their... Ho- that's where uh, 
Redneck Island was, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. on country music television. Yeah, like. as, as was, I'm pretty sure, the, the old uh, Broken Skull Challenge was on CMT as you well. You can see why there would be a nice overlap there between like country music and wrestling. Like There definitely is some crossover appeal, yeah. I'm sure. And Bischoff himself said this would actually be better than MTV's Tough Enough, because unlike WWE, he's already figured out the reality TV formula. <laughs> And he knows what makes reality TV work. So they've got this in the bag, essentially. Can I maybe do a quick moment and a pause for the cause here? Because obviously, Adam, you know, you, you and I review reality TV on another podcast. But Billy, any favorite shite reality TV mm. that you're partial to? Ooh. I seem to remember us popping on a few episodes of Mall Cops back in the day. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. One time in the mall, it was raining. Yeah, and they had to park all them cars. <laughs> what was it? It was, it was the Mall of America. Mall cops it? of America. Mall cops yeah, of America. That really awful one that you showed us. Though it was all like highlights from where it was like extre- they were like working in a body shop or something. Someone fell down the stairs. Yeah, there was a lady mm. falling down the stairs, and then it cuts to what is blatantly a mannequin. Like, yes, I feel like you know where to find was. the utter dirt worst. I'm, I'm trying to think now of like ones I actually do enjoy. You like? Uh, is it porn stars? I like porn stars. Yeah, watch your profanity. Mm-hmm. You know, reality TV is not something I like particularly like go in for. Mm. Like, especially like the sort of very Americanized, super produced, super produced reality TV. Like, yeah. I like Kitchen Nightmares. I like a lot of the Gordon Ramsay stuff. Watch a little bit of like. Bear Grylls. Oh, baby. Like Bear Grylls. I mean, for me, it's always about reality TV going wrong. And that's why yeah. my new favourite reality TV show is The Eden Project on Channel 4, mm. which is bordering on a crime against humanity in terms of its of its ineptitude. That's what I was expecting going into this, by the way. You mm. told me your new re- favourite reality show was 007, Road to a Million, starring Fuck Brian me. Cox. Yeah, we... Uh, we Literally we, last night, we, folks. We binged it last night, but we watched the first five minutes and the last five minutes <laughs> of the entire show. They walk across a train at one point. Yep, they walk across some hills. Yeah, I think yeah. they walked across a desert at one bit. And I hate Succession now because of it. That's how bad it was. Yeah, Brian Cox (laughs) was not fun in that show. And the lads that had Bischoff on this radio show talking this up said to him, how do you respond to the accusations you've only got D-list celebrities on this show? They're C-list or better, come on. And Bischoff's reaction was basically, well, look at Dancing with the Stars. They're hardly A-listers, are they? That's true. So That's there. true. To be fair, it is true. Whenever you get celebrities on these kind of shows, they're not you know they're not A list. They're not B list. I mean, to be the producer of one of these shows, it's a tough question to defend. And he did make a fairly concise argument that, like, look, folks, I know you want big, big names, but you got to realize A list celebrities they have loads of projects, they have busy schedules, they ain't taking bumps. Though. Any reality show is going to require at least four to six weeks of their time, and most celebrities just simply will not be available to do that. Like, and also as well, I would, I would. Add to that, for me, someone who loves a trashy reality show, half the joy of a celebrity, in inverted commas, version of a show is seeing the mix of genuine C-tier celebrities who are like, hey, you probably know me from this show. Mm-hmm. And people who have no business being yes. there thinking, I'm as good as you from EastEnders. Because I've been on two other reality shows before mm. this reality show. I'm looking at you, Celebrity Master Chef, which makes oh. egregious use of that noun each and every season you come out. <laughs> well, I guess before we actually get into the show itself, do you want to talk something about these celebrities that we do have here? We've got quite the lineup. Starting us off, we have, from the world of professional wrestling, it's former WCW pay-per-view main eventer, 
Dennis the Worm Rodman. Ah, now, I feel like someone may have a bit of an advantage in this environment. Yes. <laughs> I feel like his inclusion was like what got this off the ground, where they found out that Rodman was, was game for it, ergo yeah. we can make a series, right? He's, he's the biggest celebrity on the show. For sure, easily. Particularly but... in 08 as well, he's still like, you know, he's still a tab- he's still a name... Where the tabloids, if so, he did something, he, he would get on a page in the tabloids type of thing. Oh yeah, he's well, making friends of North Korea at this point. Oh. Like he's he's getting in close there. <laughs> Speaking of celebrities making tabloids, though, this is the Attitude Era podcast. Do you guys want to maybe run down some of the skeletons in these hair closets while we're talking through? Them? I mean, obviously, Billy has brought up the international incidents that Dennis Rodman has seemed determined to make a reality over <laughs> the years, but I'm sure Billy. I mean, for me, I didn't want to go to the bottom of the barrel because I'm pretty sure if I put the word COVID after literally any of these people's names, I wasn't going to like what I was going to find coming up. I don't think you need to even go that far, Kevin. There is plenty under the controversy tab by itself. Are you telling me Dennis the Worm Rodman did bad things before he got involved with North Korea? Mm. He's a bit of a naughty boy. Yeah, he's a bit... He was... Even when he was, like, at the height of his, like, NBA days, he was known as as the bad boy. And I think if you know was a bad boy in the mid to late 90s that probably means that by modern standards you'd be in prison like <laughs> yeah we're talking sexual assault charges that would later get dropped out of court with settlements kind mm. of thing right so he's, he's got he's got money men to take care of that for him i think but that's kind of a serious depressing bit of controversy so here's a more fun one for you he campaigned on behalf of kanye west for his 2020 presidential run <laughs> well in fairness two level-headed individuals mm-hmm. you know obviously he was gunning for secretary of state And that was, you know, you get your endorsement in early, ergo you climb the ranks politically. Rodman will be a cabinet member in our lifetime, I'm sure. We also, uh, this is good because we're kind of alternating between names who I was familiar with, mostly because I had watched enough wrestling over the years, and then names which I'd never heard of, like Trishel Canatella. Yeah, who I believe is one of these celebrities that is known for reality, reality TV. TV. She was on The Real World, I Yeah, believe? she was Real World, and before that she was a Playboy model. Okay. Sorry, someone from wrestling coming in from The Real World? <laughs> not likely. Not likely. <laughs> not not likely to be a multiple-time world champion. <laughs> Background check on her, though, I think is pretty clean, right, yeah, Billy? Yeah, I, I couldn't really find anything on yeah. her. She seemed to have just kind of dissolved into the background of the, the late noughties. Mm. We've got Dustin Diamond in the house. Here we go. Screech. Who I swear, like, all throughout this period of, like, 2000 to, like, 2012, I swear to God he was banging on the door of, like, let me in, wrestling. Let me be one of the boys. And I know that he passed away in, like... 2021. 2021. And he was mad young. But, like, I know that he comes from that period of time as well where... He was presented to me, the television watcher, as like a troubled person yep. with a dark side. Yeah. He's not just screech from say by the bell. He's done like pornography. But I think he might have they might be very naive here. Has he slipped through the cracks of like that period of time where if you're someone who has problems with drugs and then you do things like porn, you're you're cancelled in the mid two thousands? Kinda, yeah. But there is more to it than just that. I'm pretty sure he's got a few skeletinos yeah. in his closet. Well, well first off, the, the the name of the sex tape, the porn that he made, was Screech Saved by the Smell, which oh. is <laughs> it's all right because I'm saved by the smell. It's all right because I'm saved by the smell. 
Which, which is just horrific as yeah, a name. Jesus. I mean, in fairness, though, it's better than the follow-up to Saved by the Bell, the college years porn, and edging at the edge of tomorrow. For fuck's sake. <laughs> and it's all up to me how far I go. It's my time to break away. Imagine at the end today, today, today. Uh, so, so what, what, what? Other than because, like, I feel like if we're in wrestling and we're throwing stones at people who do mm. porn, that's it. Everyone's got a fucking OnlyFans these yeah. days. Come on, people like, are way more chill. Get with the times. That's not a big deal. I mean, the ma- the major sort of thing with, with, with Dustin was he was arrested in Wisconsin in 2014 for possessing a switchblade knife in a bar, which he allegedly pulled. And somebody ended up getting stabbed. Are you telling me Carlito's been in Dustin Diamond's yeah. ear? <laughs> but, but it was never actually said he did it. Mm. He had a knife. Somebody was stabbed. Yeah. But it's clear that he was... Because like, I know that when he passed away, like a lot of the tributes that came out were very much like kind of... He had his demons, but you know those of those who knew the yeah. real him and not the character. Because he was one of these lads as well. He was always putting over a kind of a character. He was trying to be very resting, I think, in real life. Well... On that note, he actually did release an autobiography at one point, which like slated everyone in Saved by the Bell, where it was like, he was fucking her and they were doing drugs and all this gossip. Needless to say, Screech had the last laugh. None of which was true, apparently. And then he came out a few years later saying like, oh, that was a ghostwriter. I didn't know they actually put in all that garbage. Like, I right. didn't mean it. Like, But he seemed to have made a career for himself in his later years as kind of a professional controversy creator and maybe yeah. that's why he wanted to get into wrestling because he seems very geared up to want to be Mr. Heel in this yeah. he's a big fan and yeah as you were saying he has had a couple of appearances even before this yeah. in wrestling he worked in Memphis like one time with the cats like did a segment with her <laughs> He has had a match in TNA at this point. Yeah, I know that much. A boxing match against Tiny the Timekeeper. Yeah, that was like the early Asylum years as far that as I know. was very early, yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is... Uh, okay, so far these celebrities are mostly people from the world of wrestling. It's it quite weighted. Like. And I'm going to say the next one as well because I've seen this fucker perform... Like, I literally saw him on a TNA pre-show wrestle Eric Young in a cage match. That's right. Danny Bonaducci. Now, he's our biggest piece of shit. Yeah. I just got bad vibes off of him i know his whole gimmick was that he was a former child star mm-hmm. yeah it was danny partridge like, in the partridge family. also like, i grew up and became tough that's half of the people on this are former child stars yeah. as well so you want to talk about people that are likely to have demons mm. i mean danny and another cast member of this literally hosted a reality show that was like is your kid the next child star mm. let's get a cast of broke up former child stars to tell you and i feel like in the days before bojack Maybe that the world wasn't as obviously familiar with the troubles that seem to come with being a former mm. child star, but Danny Bonaducci just seems like a complex, troubled individual. Mm. Yes, and that's the nicest thing I could say about him. That's very, yes, fair. very true. So yeah. give it to me, Billy. Give me the give me both barrels. I mean, he his first major. So both these things I'm going to mention happened within like just over a year between each other. Uh, first was him uh, attempting to buy cocaine in Daytona Beach, Florida, while he was there to host a dare event. Fucking hell. As in the anti-drug. As in the anti-drug Yeah. He was just checking to make yeah, sure. I was just checking. <laughs> Don't do this, everybody. I'm ensuring that no one will be able to do drugs by buying up all the drugs in the area <laughs> and taking them to a safe place. My 
body secretary system. <laughs> and then in 1991, the following year, he was arrested in Phoenix for beating and robbing a transgender sex worker. Yee. Why does that keep happening on this podcast? We yeah, I, I, I hate about how this. often we have to bring this up. Jesus. Authorities said the victim suffered a broken nose and a cut to their face. Christ. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. He did get fired from his radio station, though, for, for doing that. Yeah, but you're talking about the 90s. Here he is in the mid-2000s. On another radio, on radio station. Yeah. On, like, doing, like, doing, and not just that, multiple TV shows. He's a busy man, like. Fucking early 90s yeah. cancel culture, mate. That's yeah, I know, is. right? <laughs> And then, obviously, there's a, a, a long list of controversial comments. He's very obviously right-wing. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Really? Um, strong supporter of capital punishment and a strong military. But if you've got if you've got a fucking shock jock radio game, yes. yeah. you know, and also you have the look of a man who's basically entire demeanor screams, if only I had another gun, it'll sort out all my problems. <laughs> and um, all my wives will come back to me like... Made remarks that Jane Fonda should have been executed for treason for her support of North Vietnam during the Vietnam War. Okay. Uh, on Rosie O'Donnell, he said, personally, I think at this point, if anyone had a rope thick enough, I think that Rosie should be strung up for treason. Right. He's, okay. he's, he's really, he Talk just loves his country and he wants to stop all the treason. That's what it is. You know? He's just looking out for America. If, yeah. if he saw Benedict Arnold, he'd give him the thick end of the wedge. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. <laughs> so just, just, just a general piece of shit, really. Yeah. We also have Nikki's Earring, who is a former Playboy Playmate and Barker's Beauty. Oh, from The Price is Right? From The Price is Right. Okay, that's celebrity. That's that's pedigree right mm-hmm. there. Anything come back on her? I couldn't find anything on her. She allegedly, allegedly oh? gave someone a blowjob on Love Island. Can you believe that? She's as Cancelled. bad as the rest of them. Cancelled. Treason. <laughs> <laughs> it's the star of Jackass. Butterbean, who also had a match at WrestleMania. Yeah, Yeah, this is like the third time we've talked about him on the podcast. If you got a five-figure-plus payday from wrestling, (laughs) you shouldn't get to be on a reality show where you learn to be a wrestler. Him and Rodman have, like... They're so above everyone else and already having like an idea. Rodman had a tour called Rodman Down Under. Like, For it was fuck's sake. So much wrestling under his belt. I think Rodman had a wrestling figure made of him. Yeah, probably. So yeah, Butterbean, who seemed like a surefire hit in the world of wrestling mm-hmm. and yet never managed to no. parlay that. I think because of his over-eagerness. Over yeah. And it was at a time he, when... I think he's too nice as well. Yeah. He seems like a nice man. Was Naive. it Butterbean that was like, I'm one of the boys yeah. now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. bless. Just because you work Mark Merrow and Bart Gunn, I know mm. what you think. King of the world, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've made it. I've made it. You don't get much tougher than that. But yeah, Butterbean seems to be someone who has managed to continue to stay relevant in one way shape or form like i think he's hooking up with various bits of wrestling he's hooking up with every reality tv show under the sun Mm -hmm. his willingness to do anything and also the fact that he is front and center anytime there's a jackass thing it's like you know although butterbean from that four minutes that he was in the entire time of all of jackass Mm. so yeah he's he he's still knocking about is he yeah, I believe I so. But yeah. he's like still doing press and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm sure he'd still love to get involved in wrestling. My, my only naive theory is that because he's still knocking about, he's like not done anything really bad. Is that is that fair of me to assume? I, I, I honestly didn't look up Butterbean because I wanted to. I just wanted to maintain that, oh. that, that he's a nice man. Oh. Well, I did, and the worst thing I can find of him is he was accused of winning many fixed fights back in the prime of his career. <laughs> ah, there that's was fine. there was a lot of fight fixing. That's why he's talk. into wrestling. It's, but yeah, it's, all it's fixed, no baby. big deal. 
Wait, are you telling me that Celebrity Championship Wrestling, there's going to be some people on the take here? <laughs> Not on the level. Not on the level. It's teen singing sensation from the 80s, Tiffany, best known for her number one hit single, which I always forget is actually technically a cover. Yeah, it's Tommy Shondell. I think we're alone now. There doesn't seem to be anyone around. <laughs> I think we're alone now. An odd choice to be in this. Yes. Yeah. A one-hit wonder, kind of. And that's like, she seems to have appeared on a lot of reality TV shows where it's like, she was a one-hit wonder back mm. in the day. Like. I'm pretty sure she's done Dancing with the Stars as well. I think so, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot, like, there's a lot of, when I was looking on Wikipedia, a lot of these people were in the, there's kind of like a little ecosystem when you're either a former child star or a former teen singing sensation. Mm-hmm. There's like at least 10 years of reality TV you can get from going yeah. from bit to bit. Easy money, to be honest. Pretty much, yeah. Anything about Tiffany that comes up? Not I could find. Yes. One time on stage, she said, fuck you to some of her fans. <laughs> I oh, think wow. we're alone now. No, we're not. There's loads of us here. Fuck you! Yeah. Oh! Cancelled. And we'll never hear from her again. Erin Murphy, who was best known as Tabitha on Bewitched. And this took me a, a few moments because I was like, wait, I, I like a mix of Bewitched and Charmed in my head. Yeah, same for a second. Because I'm like, there's no way they're talking about that fucking rickety old old shit black and white bewitched or no, that's from way back in the day I'm like no that's it yeah but dig this here's a controversy for you she is best known as playing Tabitha she was one of four babies one of two sets of identical twins <laughs> that played the baby and as they grew up she got to play the toddler a bit more because yeah. she kind of was the main one but she's one of four Bring the other three out here. Come on. I'm just saying. Let's like, make them a stable in this yeah, show. I'm just saying. She's like, you say, oh, she's best known as Mr. Wrestling. There was loads of them. <laughs> yeah. Any controversy about Aaron? I couldn't see any. No, she's totally clean. Todd Bridges, though. This man's got quite the rap sheet. Represented by none other than Johnny Cochran in several cases. Whoa. Yeah, so he's kind of like a celebrity in that sense alone. Mm. Again, another child actor. He was yeah. Willis from different Yeah, he, he's he's the Willis in What You're Talking About Willis. That's literally Seriously. all I know about yeah. him. Yeah. He's the non-cute one from, yeah. from different yeah. strokes, basically. I know that he came out and he said that like he basically became a drug addict mm-hmm. while being a child star. And I like, got into like crystal meth and all that stuff and like, dealing as well and dealing and then he was charged with like attempted murder fire with actual murder he was like, charged with actual murder there was a, a drug dealer that got killed and he was the one that was like arrested that's and charged. what johnny cochran defended right. him in he was acquitted yeah and he did like there's like loads of killing kind of, like, of firearm possession and stuff like mm. that but i think it, pretty much like in the the mid 90s or thereabouts he seemed to like he's like he became clean and sober and it seems a controversy he's avoided since then? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it does make it like when he goes when he, when he introduces him and says, I'm a nice guy, but I have a dark side. You maybe don't want to see that dark side. Dude. Don't say that if you've been literally arrested for murder. Here's my new book, <laughs> If I Did It. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just say he does radiate quite bad vibes throughout this show, and it may be because he's wearing a hat the whole oh, time. It's a heel hat. It's yeah. a Such hat. a heel hat. I, I want heels with hash. That's what I want for the business <laughs> well, to go back to. Well, you know the 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 age old, you know, saying if the knife don't slit, you must acquit. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> And he's saying it was a gun. You ever try to stab anyone with a gun? It's literally impossible. Acquit this man. And reigning us off, Frank, the brother of his more famous brother, Stallone. <laughs> Professional brother. <laughs> they go from moments in this of being like, kind of, hey, it's like your brother to just be like, 
you're Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say stuff about him just to you. Yes. Which I can't imagine for a man who clearly has an ego as big as Frank Stallone, mm-hmm. how much this must kill him yes. every moment of his existence yeah. to constantly be reminded of the one thing that he is. Yeah. Sylvester's brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, anything pop up about Frank? Just a lot of like controversial statements. Yeah, uh, like, hot takes. Yeah. He, he had a pop at Mark Rylance for winning the Oscar for Best Actor for Bridge of Spies when Sly was up for Creed and saying that Sly was robbed. <laughs> okay. So he had a big pop and said it was fucking bullshit, man. His big major, like, fucking controversial statement, it was about David Hogg, who's one of the survivors of the Parkland school shooting. He's one of the guys... Gotta take him down a peg. He he was the he was one of the kids who would go around and doing, like, anti-gun yeah. advocacy. Right. Super outspoken. Yeah, yeah. Super outspoken. He called him a rich little pussy, Jeez. a little yeah, right. bitch. Said he, Sorry, is this guy literally Polly from the Rocky I movie? know, yes. right? <laughs> if I could just take off my skin and become you, I'd want to do it, Sylvester! <laughs> this thing ain't cardboard, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it just, just says he wants to punch this teenage... Teenager in the mouth. Oh, big like, man. Hey, big man. Big 70-year-old man. Yeah. Well, here we go, folks. In the world of pro wrestling, one man is king. <laughs> he is American Reigns. In the world of professional wrestling, one man is king. Hogan has chosen 10 celebrities to be transformed into professional wrestlers and compete in an eight-week showdown for the championship title and the coveted CCW belt. I'm willing to do things that you won't be willing to show on TV. Bring it on. Danger, brother. Danger. Guided by two legendary coaches. Who's the man? I'm the man, baby. Wrestling, you suck it up. They'll be separated into two teams. We are not gonna be eliminated. We are not gonna lose. We have to win this week. That's it. That's it, baby. Each week, they must learn the move. But don't pull up like a woman. Don't go. Drive them through and go. Entertain the crowd and face these three judges. I was the president of the largest professional wrestling organization in the world. This is the part where I start to really get pissed off. I know exactly how to make it in this sport. On the floor, you flopped around like a big whale. I don't think that was impressive. I want to make one thing perfectly clear. Wrestling is an art form. Russia! 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 I'm going to work on giving you the skills to make you into wrestlers. The rest... It's up to you. And if they can't take the heat... I'm just afraid of getting hurt. Why'd you, why'd you sign up for this and come in and try to be a wrestler? Why'd you come here? Well, I had no idea what to expect. Wait a minute, it says wrestling. They'll be sent packing. You're a jabroni! Get out of my ring! The routines are rehearsed. When you hit Bill Goldberg, hit him as hard as you can. If not, you'll be in a lot of trouble. Hit me with it. There you go. That's good. Rob Van Dam. 
Welcome to hell. But the pain is real. Jimmy calls celebrity death match. Ow! Medic! Hey, we need a medic! How many celebrities can we kill in one easy lesson? Anything can and will happen. They just raised the bar. And on the road to victory, egos will clash. It's personal attacks. Hey, we're not talking about something. Do something, dude. You quit running your mouth, bitch. That's all you are, the bitch. What are you going to do? I'll whoop your ass what I'm going to do. There's some wrestling. Them tears rolling down your eyes, You know what? I know how to sell it, Danny. We'll see who's here at the end. The competition is getting nasty. They'll be bruised, crushed. And broken. In the end, only one will survive. Only one will take home the title and the CCW belt. Welcome to the wrestling business, kid. Better them than me. Well, you know, stones may sink and rocks may fall, but one man stands above them all. And that man is Hulk Hogan. He was picked all these wrestlers, according to the intro. Hand, yeah. Handpicked. Mm -hmm. He's got his little dossier, and he's, he's picked them out. <laughs> and they are competing in this contest for the coveted CCW belt, dude. Oh. Which I think in 08 may have considered itself to be a nice-looking belt, but my God, Ooh. I have seen Twitch streamers with nicer custom belts than this Genuinely. Shit. It's like a fake tag title from like the battle. That's days. it. It doesn't even look like a singles championship. No. It looks like one half of a championship. Here are my preconceived notions of what I was expecting in this before I went in. Did any any watching, any research, anything of the sort? I expected one injuries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two a half-arsed attempt to maintain kayfabe to protect the fragile egos of the three wrestling adjacent people involved. Mm -hmm. And number three. Extremely tall tales from Terry Big Fish Balea. And four, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh, That's what I was expecting. God. Yeah, thought it was just going to be the nasty boys at the start there because mm. Brutus Beefcake is kind of like morphed into Terry's <laughs> yeah. sides. Oh. He's kind of like hunched over like him. He's dressed like he's a nasty boy. He's yeah. got sunglasses on all the time. The haircut. Keeps going, <laughs> Like when Nobs and Brutus come out, like it gave me such Bebop and Rocksteady vibes. That's like, who they are. They're so Bebop and Rocksteady. Lads, I'm literally hopping on a leg to tell you the latest thing I found out about Please, Brutus come on. This is amazing. Enough time has passed where I can now share with you something that I think if you listen to the very, very early episodes of the Edge podcast, I was extremely obsessed with former Toronto mayor, a man who's since passed. Rob the, Ford. The Joker, Rob Ford. <laughs> yep. Who, my God, that man just knew how to run a campaign while in office mm. is all I can say. Mm -hmm. uh, drug use, firearms, all that jazz, off the rails, like a crazy train. And lots of people wanted to see him get on the straight and narrow. Most of the citizens of Toronto want a better for their town. And for some reason, one day at City Hall, in the midst of all this crisis, up came Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Why? In full Brutus Beefcake <laughs> garb, with his big comedy shears. shears. Okay. And he had a sandwich. <laughs> right. Are, are we doing like a fucking Paul Gascoigne Ralph Moat thing here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so close to that, Billy. Because he shows just up. He's going to take him fishing, but going to get it all sorted out. 
<laughs> he says that he thinks that Rob has fallen on hard times and he needs a guardian angel. Heck, who knows, brother? Maybe even a dark angel in the form of me bruised the Barber Beefcake and I'm here to get him on the straight and narrow and help the citizens of Toronto get their mayor back. This is your wake-up call. <laughs> now, he was removed from the municipal building. Oh, no! And I'm quoting directly from the Associated Press here when I say... When it became apparent that Brutus was there to promote a new line of sandwiches. <laughs> so I mean, Brutus is a step up from Jared. For but... sure. For sure. What, Fuck me. What was Gazza promoting? Pucker Pines. Like, what was he trying to do? What a complicated scenario. I know. I love that someone saw what was going on there in Toronto yeah. and said, Get me Brutus Beefcake. We can sell some Sarnies. You know, the new submarine sandwiches we're trying to shift, like... So I had to get that out of my system. <laughs> but, like, what's he going to do? Is it, are they trying to, they trying to say, like, eating sandwiches will not make you a crackhead anymore? I think so. Like, it cures crack In the same way that it used to be, like, Subway helped me lose weight. It was like, Subway helped me get back on the straight track. Like. <laughs> These are submarine sandwiches. Yeah. It wasn't mm. Subway. Oh, I see. Okay. 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 So it could have been like a Quiznos. Yeah. It could have been any submarine sandwich. Uh-huh. Or the Canadian version of Wawa. The unfortunate thing is they wasted all their money on Brutus to Barbara Beefcake. <laughs> yeah. So when he went in to buy a sandwich, I'm sorry, there's no bread left. <laughs> well, you don't need the you don't need the knife to make the 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 the, 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 heart, the six inches because you've got, you've the, got shears. the shears. Yeah, perfect. So exactly. He, yeah. He brings his own cutlery. And that way, Hulk Hogan gets free sandwiches for life <laughs> as well. I, again, was was not aware if he was going to show up, but within 60 seconds, I was like, all right, bring out Jimmy and Eric. Yep, here Come they on, are. And speak of the devil, here they are. <laughs> I was disappointed that we didn't get American Maid. Yeah, I could not believe we didn't get that. Jimmy and Hulk are right there. We have all the rights we need. So Jimmy Hart's here looking for some action. Uh, there is, in this intro... One thing that really stood out... Sorry, you can't just say he's looking for some action. What radio station was he listening to, Kevin? Uh, country music. Thank you. Because we're on the country music uh, television. CMT. Perfect. They're in this intro. I figured this is why you picked it as your voice pick, Adam. Because mm. this intro is basically just Hogan grunts. Russia. Yeah. Kyoto. I will address this right at the start here, that much like when I suggested we review Hulk Hogan's album on Patreon, I had it in my head that like, oh, there'll be loads of Hogan here for us to talk about. Not realising that Hogan is probably one of the least appearingest stars yes. in yeah. this production. This this is the Brian Nobbs and, and Brutus. The yeah, even Jimmy show. Hart and Bischoff don't really show yeah. up that much. Yeah, they are they're to be kind of the judges. And Hogan is treated as this kind of like mythical figure that like he has figured out the secret of, of wrestling. Yes. And they say multiple times in the intro and throughout, like they point and go, this man created wrestling. Yes, yeah. they refer to him as the king of professional yes. wrestling. So like, not just as a competitor, but as like a mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I will say, in terms of a mind and a man who was successful in wrestling, I will always say Hulk Hogan is absolutely one of the top people out there. One of the all-time greats who managed to parlay all of that ability into just one thing, which is Hulk Hogan's career. 
Yes. Like, like he is all those things, but not for wrestling, for Hulk for Hogan. Yeah. And, like, wrestling happens to be the medium that he was there along the ride to do with. Like. I mean, I, I think you're doing him a disservice, because we all know, we all remember when he invented professional wrestling on 9-11. <laughs> That's true. And the people were chanting, Hogan, Hogan, Hogan. And then all of a sudden, a little Al-Qaeda, a little bony jabroni. <laughs> what would have happened if he was on that plane? <laughs> They literally end up the hyper package at the start of this with sirens being played like it's kitchen nightmares. Yes. Oh my god, brother! <laughs> Nobs and Beefcake have one thing in the back of their mind in this. One more run, brother. Definitely. They yeah. both think that they can do it. 100%. And I will say, they give a lot more in this because they are, I think, they're working now with kind of I'm the crafty old veteran just to show you a few bits. They're doing this thinking... Next, next phone calls are just around the That's corner. It. People will see this and remember me. And they're not crazy to think that because Nobs was getting pay per view fucking matches in TNA within two years of this. Really? Yeah. Him, Jimmy Hart, and fucking Sags won a six man tables match. Fuck me. Against the Dudleys and Spike. No. Jimmy Hart went over on Bubba Ray Dudley. On on TNA. <laughs> Fucking hell. I know, man. He was 17. <laughs> he didn't even wrestle in the XWF. I, he didn't even wrestle, like, ever. ever. <laughs> like, I think the other time he wrestled was, like, back in Memphis, like, you know, Jesus with, with Kaufman or whatever it is. So let's meet the man who made this industry. That is how they introduce him. No, he it's made not, it. It's not Antonio Inoki. It's Hulk Hogan, who comes out with the belt, flexing, yeah. posing. Butterbean and all the contestants are brought out straight away. Butterbean's already sweating bullets. Yes. Yeah. He's staring daggers at Danny Bonaducci as well, because Butterbean is an ally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is already beef a brewing between these yeah. celebrities. Yeah, I think a lot of people either resent other people being here, and there's a lot of the people who already have experience in wrestling who go like, there's three people who are kind of going. This is, this and, is for and, me. And like. some people have history because Danny Bonaduce and Aaron Murphy have history. They work the together. Yeah, they were worked together on uh, like on, on on like sitcoms back in the yeah, day or yeah. whatever it is. So yeah, it is kind of a heady brew, but it's not like been played up for straight away. It kind of feels like everyone individually has been sold some bullshit by Bischoff and a producer. Mm, being, yeah, this is all about you. What about Screech, the next chapter? <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't want Frank Stallone here. <laughs> Nobody does. But we're doing it as a favor to Sly. You know, Hogan did his kid's birthday party, and here we are. Hogan puts over the multifaceted skills you need for wrestling. Yes. Not just physicality, but also showmanship, mm -hmm. the entertainment, the charisma, a the mustache, the, 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 the <laughs> little we call the X Factor, aka Mustache Brother. So I did like that Hogan wasn't just like. You gotta be big, you gotta be strong. Yes. He was putting over some skills that you need that Hogan doesn't necessarily have himself. They make it clear at the start here, which I thought was quite nice, that this isn't about who can do the best wrestling moves and all that. It is about who's got the entertainment side of it, the storytelling. And we expect you to do the wrestling, but we're really looking at the stuff in between that's more important. Are they more explicit with that than they are in Tough Enough? Because Tough Enough, I think, first and foremost, is you gotta be able to take the physicality you got it like they're looking at people like you're gonna have to be able to do this a hundred times a yeah. month type of thing oh yeah whereas here it's like look you're gonna do that one event brother we want to make sure it goes off without a hit that's it <laughs> what's at stake here is a fucking gaudy tacky championship belt yeah. and then after yeah. that you're done in tough enough it was like we've got to give these guys a contract so they really had to drill it into them the tough side of it i was really wondering if without the you know dangling of the jingling keys of it's your dream Mm. how must have been able to push all of these right. people uh, 
Yeah, because no no one's heart is going to be 100% no, in this. No, this is just a paycheck, really. Yeah. I think, honestly, everyone screeches the guy. He, he, like, sure. he looks wants genuinely it. starstruck. Because he yeah. wants it. He's a fan. He's a big, big wrestling mark. Like Rodman and Butterbean, they're like, all right, you know, a bit of a back side. Back to this shit back again. Back to this, like, it's a bit of a diversion. I'll get back to where I know I should have been 10 years ago, mm. basically. Because at oh, this point, it is 10 years ago that both those yeah. lads yeah. were involved in, in wrestling. Danny Bonaducci doesn't like the fact that the mat is going to be red because he wants to see the blood. All right, then. Calm this down. This dude's pretty fucking hardcore, He's edgy, man. bro. Hogan with a straight face pointing at Jimmy Hart and Eric Bischoff and saying, these men have proven track records of finding and developing talent. And I'm like, yeah, like Hale. Yep. Like Mike Sanders. Uh-huh. All the wrestlers. The wrestling boot traveling bands. Yeah, man. Like Bruce Beefcake. <laughs> you know? And we then get to sort of the point of like why this show, I think, ultimately fails. Mm. Is the the way that we're going to do this, how we're going to train you. The is format. We've got, you're going to learn three moves. Mm-hmm. And you're going to you're gonna do all your training in your respective teams, whether it be Rooters or Knobs. Team Beefcake or Team Nasty. And you've got to incorporate these three moves into the match, but they don't teach them any of the fundamentals. Nope. So here, so here they're told you have to include a forearm smash, a clothesline, and a kick to the midsection. Ooh, exciting action coming up today. Yeah, I am uh, I, I'm thinking this is perhaps not the best way. Running like, the ropes, maybe? This, <laughs> like, this is clearly getting where... Getting into the ring? <laughs> this is more of a reality show yeah. about like celebs having a grapple than what's it actually like to be wrestling. Because, yeah, we're going to skip right over the important fundamentals. We will see at some point in this... Maybe 10 seconds of people taking bumps. Mm. That's not what this is about. It's about the panto side of it. I was genuinely disappointed that the teams were picked off camera because I thought yeah. they were going to line them up and be like, I picked Danny Magnus. And Frank Stallone's the last one that doesn't get picked. Like. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's a few people who realize that they shouldn't be here early. Trishelle is yep. literally vibrating regret. Mm-hmm. She admits early on she's never even seen any wrestling at all. And I don't think she realizes what she's in for necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I think they're quite happy that she's not realizing what she's in for because shows like this always need someone who is overwhelmed yeah. with regret immediately. Absolutely. No- Nobs and Beefcake show them the three moves, and everyone apart from like Danny Screech, Butterbean, and Rodman all immediately look horrified. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you what, when we do the bumps to show them like how you're meant to take them. I think it's the best work I've ever seen out of Nobs and Beefcake. Yeah, 100%. They give you the 120% proper sell. The one thing that took me out of it is they do these freeze frame graphics so Nobs will be like doubled over going (laughs) and they'll go It's like like the intro to Viva La Bam. (laughs) (laughs) I like there is obviously a lot of intrigue in seeing Obviously, the celebrity's taking bumps, but B, I'm most interested to see, like, how does, what's Brian Knobs going to be like as a right? trainer, right? Because he obviously, ha- like, he's, he's a piece of shit, and he's a crap wrestler, all that stuff, and he made fun of Macho Man for dying of a heart attack, and I wish nothing but bad on him in that respect. But he's made it in this business. He's been around. And he's been around long enough, and mm-hmm. gotten enough jobs, and gotten over in places. Like... I know everyone fucking likes to hate on Hogan's mates and all that jazz, but like people didn't react to the Nasty Boys because Hulk Hogan came out and said, hey, my mate's coming out next, can no. you all cheer or boo? Mm-hmm. Like, if you watch some of the knobs, the Nasty Boys stuff in WCW in particular, they're fucking like, they, they made fans react to them. So I wanted to see that passion, whatever it was he had, come out. And my heart sank when he, immediately he went, I got a couple of unnamed helpers here. Yep. They're going to be doing some stuff. 
Anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be doing all the work pretty yeah. much. They go back and forth, but they do settle on actually telling us they're going to be training for around three or four hours this afternoon and then filming the match. Yes. A solid afternoon. That's not enough time. Nope, it is most certainly not. Takes knobs around 20 seconds when he's in the ring before he starts saying stuff that is just kind of cringy yeah. and regrettable. Yeah, it tells Screech to stop hitting like a woman. Don't be a sissy! And he's, he's literally looking at a woman being like, stop being a woman! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the line he had about how you do the forearm smash... Hit him with the beat. <laughs> I like that. I, I love that because he is moving around and barking at people. He gets breathless. He gets so cast, it's yeah. like proper. All right, now you got to do this. <sighs> Unfortunately, though, <laughs> Kurt Hennig passed away in 2002. Now he tries to tell them about kicking to the midsection, and the secret to this is you just gotta <laughs> stop short, brother. Yes. Easier said than done. <laughs> Have a go, Todd, and Todd just. Fucking kicks a guy in the nods as Full hard as he can. Blasts him. You see the comparisons between Team Nasty and Team Beefcake, and Brutus is being quite. Brutus expla- seems nice. He's explaining. He's quite a good teacher, I think. Whereas Nobs' method is very much like, do it like this. Watch me. Now you do that. That's basically his way of teaching. I th- I think there is meant to be in the back of their minds scope where you kind of get them over is like the different approaches to training more of a character but at the end of the day they're both just loudmouth wrestler lads pretty much you get gas showing you the basics and then let unnamed people I didn't spot any of the unnamed kind of talent I was expecting that to be like you know there's, there's EC3 like, yeah oh. I was expecting like some background performers that I'd know but no I'll tell you as well Todd is not taking that hat off no. Nope. Is he, is he glued the, on? Is he in the midst of some sort of a hair transplant or something like that? What's going on here? I think here? he's working, like you said. I think that's a work hat. Some of the guys are quite good at selling already. Like, Nob slams Frank Sloan's head into the turnbuckle, and it's genuinely quite good selling yeah. for Frank. Yeah, it's all right. Frank and Screech, I'd probably say, are the best sellers of everyone here. <laughs> Frank and Screech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I will say, Billy, literally the first bump we see any of the celebrities take that's not an accidental kick to the nuts, we hear... Ow, my hip. Mm. Or, ow, my head. And, like, the first time two of them, it's, like, two of the celebrities are wrestling each other as opposed to a trainer doing it. They they bang heads. Yep. And, like, man, we're seven years after Tough Enough, mm-hmm. and these people all probably have a lot more insurance than any of the people in Tough Like, there's, there are people, D-lists as they are, with vet, they have agents. Yep. They yep. have probably work lined up. They have vested interests, and they are throwing their careers up into the air and hoping they land in, in, in place. I will say, fair play for sticking through this, because, like, yeah, in Tough Enough, they were just basically average people that didn't have anything other than this dream they were hanging on to. So, of course, they had to stick it out. I felt sure that after this first bit, we'd get at least a couple of slabs being like, nope, not for me, thanks. <laughs> they did lock yeah, the like, you know, they're all out <laughs> You ain't going nowhere, brother. I got quite confused when they just very quickly were like, your face, your heel, we're going to do a match, their heel, your face. Yep. I, I think to try and explain to the audience, there's good guys and bad guys. Mm. But I feel like just being like, you're this guy and you're that guy. And they, they didn't explain what they needed to do. Or what type of heel or what type of face they are oh we're not getting into that there's obvious faces and obvious heels in this group yeah and it's funny because all the people who've got a background wrestling all want to be heels yeah like Butterbee wants to be a heel Screech wants to be a heel Robin wants to be a heel Bonaduce wants to be a heel Bonaduce is a heel I mean that's (laughs) it like you know and I think that there should have been a whole separate training scenario where it's like when you're a heel do this when you're a face do this but I think it's just like wave yeah, your arms we, in the air if you're a good guy and snarl if you're a bad yeah, guy. Yeah, they, they, 
I mean, unless it's all on the cutting room floor. They don't t- teach mm. them any fucking psychology or... I feel like there just was not time. There isn't. Like, we there, simply there, don't have three time to for four that. four hours Venom at. Yeah, yeah. like, they, they go from being, like, you're a face, you're a hero. Like, they're playing their music. Like, yeah. they're heading out. Like, <laughs> Come on, go, 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 go. And I'll tell you what, this is the one bit of wrestling kind of uh, uh, pulling the wool over my eyes. I didn't know what was a work, what was a shoot, brother. When Nikki was staring at herself in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, I'm so beautiful. Just look at me. <laughs> and, and Brian Knobs is like, Nikki, put down the mirror. In a sad to see. <laughs> I didn't know she was shooting or working, brother. I think that was a shoot. I think. <laughs> Let's make sure it's you. Like, they're all dressed in their fucking shitty gym shorts and bright red and bright blue tank tops. They don't look like stars. They look no. like jabronis, brother. It looks very carny. Screech fancies himself a bit of a ring general. He uh, says he's nervous, though. He, yeah. he is nervous. I think that he is clearly the biggest fan, and he doesn't probably know as much as the producers think he does, because he's like, Hulk Hogan... He's been around since the early WrestleManias. I'm like, <laughs> like I don't know how you say that if because he he like he would been like ten years older than us. I don't know how you're a fan and say a sentence like that with a show produced by Eric Bischoff and Jimmy Hart. I don't know. Maybe Hogan told him that. He's like, yeah, I've been around since the early WrestleManias, brother. Like, you know, it sounds about right. WrestleMania three, where Brett screwed Brett, for instance. I was uh, there. I was there, brother. A capacity crowd of paid extras are standing by. As Eric Bischoff is introduced, boo! He's like Simon Cowell. Literally, you know? yeah. I think the chances are, you're, you're right, they are paid extras. Oh, yes, definitely. But like, if it wasn't, like, are, are you really going to be, like, renting out this space to put on what must be two five-minute matches with no, no preamble? Before? Right. What's the warm-up? Are, are, are you going to have some local talent on? Yeah, to give get... us a dark match. Yeah, no, this is definitely all everyone here is, like, you know, every intern, every every key grip who's not doing... Like, anyone who's yeah. on the production who's not actively having to film and be on screen is in that audience filling out. There's probably maybe 200 there. Yeah, it's not bad. It's I, like a rinky-dink version of the arena from Spider-Man 1. Yeah, I, I thought it looked good. Yeah. You know, I would like that as a custom arena on 2K, for instance. Hey. You know? Hulk Hogan coming out and without breaking a sweat, referring to this audience as... CZW Maniacs! Wow. Okay. It just rolls off the tongue. It basically sounds like CZW as well. CZW. Just wait till you see how far we're gonna go, brother. He's been around since some of the earliest tournaments of death, dude. (laughs) Our opening contest tonight, Tiffany and Danny versus Trishelle and... Butterbean! Todd is the heels manager for this one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Bubba the Love Sponge is our commentator. Fuck me. Fuck me. It's the whole Hogan verse come yeah. together. I like. cannot believe that he found a new way to make me hate him. Because mm-hmm. I, I hate Bubba the Love Sponge. Of course. I hate him long before any of the controversy broke out with the Gawker trial. Mm-hmm. I hate him long before that. But he found a new way here. Is, is it him saying that Danny Bonaducci is just like Brian Pillman? Oh. Yeah. Danny Bonaducci reminds me of the late Brian Pillman, who made a career out of a similar loose cannon persona. Except Bonaducci is a loose cannon for real. Now, there is obviously a lot of plates to be spun here because it's a performance. You want to get over the fact that it is, you know, it's fake, so mm-hmm. that they have to put in an extra layer of not just it's an athletic contest, but having one announcer 
who, by the way, sounds like he's fucking half asleep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Joey Styles, he isn't. No. And he's, he's just there being like, wow, not great heel work there. Yeah. Like, he's just it's like, weird. Like, imagine, he's exposing the business. Yeah. Like, imagine Insane Clown Posse doing their kind of, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000 voice dubs where they're like, oh, that, that, look at that shit headlock he did there. Like, you can see it's not right, mm-hmm. except it's low energy. He's not trying to make you laugh. The most important thing is he's trying to make you know that he knows the most. Yes. And it's just stuff like, eh, I don't think Dustin's got it. Mm. You know, Todd, mm. the manager there, should really be getting involved some more. Todd fucking does nothing. He doesn't. He literally just stands there watching the match. If an announcer says in the middle of a wrestling match, no matter what type of weird fake non wrestling match is, can he get over though? Oh fuck off! <laughs> fuck you, man! <laughs> it's so bad. He'll say stuff like. He says it like he's in this Gordon Soli style cadence, like nice heel work in the corner there. <laughs> he's uh, mounting off to the crowd, which of course is what you would do if you want people to not like you. Oh <laughs> my god! It's so much. Like if you know enough to know what he's talking about, you hate it. If you don't know enough to know what he's talking about, you'll hate it. Yeah, it's, it's confusing. So uh, confusing. Uh, uh, as much as it pains me to say, Danny Bo- Danny Bonaducci is like one of the better people. Oh, in undoubtedly. This, in terms of got res- wrestling training, yeah, yeah. He, he like he's got the moves down. He knows exactly what he wants to do from a heel perspective. But trying to put a match together, Billy, where there are more participants than learned manoeuvres yeah. is yes. always going to be difficult. And it's, the match itself is so fucking boring because of there's none of the fundamentals. There's none of running the ropes. No. It's just these three moves. It's people being knocked to their knees and then hit on the back. Okay, we do have one fundamental, and I thought this is why Adam probably picked this whole thing in the first place. Mm. They love going to that corner, Adam. All four corners. (laughs) Yep. Pointing at the corners, yeah. hitting your head into the corners, pointing at being, the thro- corner. being thrown into the corner, char- having someone charge at you, then you get out of the way, and then they hit the, the corner. The only thing they've talked about in the corner, by the way, is at one point Brian Nobbs banged his head and went, It's padded! It's not gonna hurt! <laughs> it's really easy! It's fake, you know! Let's see if Tiffany can overcome the problems in her performance. Jesus webbed. Hot it's th- like a bit of JR when he's like <laughs> yeah. a real bee in his bonnet. Well, I was gonna push Dr. Death, but. Let's see if Bart Gunn's got it. Let's see what he's got. Hot bean to butter tag who just stands there as Danny Bonaducci sprints into him over and over again. I was like, come on, Danny. Faster. Faster. Faster, 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 faster. (laughs) I wanted him to fucking have a heart attack in this one. He was like trying to prove so many things to himself in his head yeah like he had this weird little man complex that exploded to life when he was in the ring with Butterbean and he looked like he was about to keel over on the ropes and he's cut back to like Hogan being like this guy looks like he's about to fucking die I love that every time we cut to the judges they're like oh um that bit was good yeah 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 dude that bit was good there is no like like they said they were going to score it on like how well they use the moves and their showmanship, but we don't yeah. actually... They're like just writing... We don't see the parameters. No, there's no or, breakdown of anything. Uh, it's like it. a pure rules battering of honor just writing their fucking grocery list or whatever. It's <laughs> pretending. It's, Hopefully it's, no it's, the fans will see. It's like. like the points for Brawl for All. It doesn't matter, like... Well, and we don't even have points, make believe or not. And yeah, Todd just jumps up at the end. He did nothing all match long. Yeah. He, do, uh, he, he tries to do like a little heel takedown of the faces after the match ends. At one point, Danny jumps onto Butterbean, who catches him and then slams him down. Off menu maneuver. That's, That's not allowed. Automatic DQ, That's as cheating. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Unfair. So Butterbean's team picks up the win. And the problem about this is, you could probably tell folks, 
when you get a wrestling match and you cut it up to fuck, that's going to make it like impossible to watch as a wrestling yeah. match. Oh yeah, there's no pace or story. And when you've got an audience who are literally like 10 minutes non-stop of going, ah, ah, like yeah. the Thunderdome is literally a more realistic wrestling Genuinely. audience than these people. I- so there is no ebb and flow. Like no. when Todd jumps up on the apron you and they're like, oh, that didn't work. I'm like, well, it did work because the audience went fucking crazy. They're going crazy still. Because any like the audience are told if anyone does anything, yeah, ah! loses. Because what yeah. they take, what they've taken out is literally everything that isn't a bump. Yes, yeah. there's there's so many cuts to the crowd. It is literally every three seconds cut to the fans. Coming up next, it's Frank Stallone and Screech. Could I call you Screech? You just did. Taking on Aaron and Dennis Rodman. They're the baby faces. Thanks, Bubba. Hogan just turns to Eric Bischoff and he's like, I think Rodman's got it, brother. You, you think? You booked him in a main event <laughs> with yourself. I think this Rodman kid might actually be able to wrestle, you know? It's literally like Hogan and Andre turning to Vincent Mann and being like, I think we might have a little something going. Like, yeah. You've done it. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> right? Oh my God. We got actually some very good selling from Screech here. Yeah, um, well... Rodman does just kick him in the stomach yes, at one true. point. I yeah. don't know if that was selling. Rodman right? is a little bit stiffsky, brother. Mm. I don't know if he's been told to protect the business. Well, he's compensating for Erin, who is fucking soft. Oh, feather touch. Yeah, like Rodman going in and he does the kick to the midsection, a clothesline and a forearm smash. These are all like absolute staples along with the DDT of the, of the gentleman's backyard wrestler yeah. back in the playground days. And every single one of them you were reminded... As we were told in commentary, Dennis has hurt a lot of his teammates in training. Yeah. Good to know. I can, I can tell. He clobbers Screech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He beats the shit out of him. And I think, like, he's just hitting as hard as he can at this point. I think so, yeah. He takes his head off at one point. <laughs> Pipe in. CCW. CCW. CC. I, I, if you're CZW right now, you gotta be pissed. Right? Yeah. Sounds exactly the a same, C and man. C is so close mm. together, man. The winner is again determined by someone who uses a non regulation maneuver. Yep. And it's done by someone who's main evented a pay per view in North Literally. America during the golden era of North American professional wrestling pay per views. Yeah, it's Rodzilla with the second rope diving clothesline. Which like. also looks like it hurts as fuck. Yeah, because you've not been taught how to do that, you just decided to do it yourself. I'm always excited to know the means by which we do an elimination in a reality show. Yeah, this, mm. like... Fuck so, me. So they, the, the three judges basically decide which was the better of the two matches. They are wrong. It, the Team Beefcake match, from what we saw, was better than the Team Nasty match. But oh, team... I disagree. I think Rodman stiffening his opponents like made for a much more entertaining watch. But like, that's the thing. is like, You might you fucking pick any. It literally one, does, like, not it does not matter. None of it means anything. So yeah, what it is, is it's like the, it's like the Apprentice rules. So one team is deemed to be safe. The team that is not safe, then you pick the loser amongst that team there. Yeah. It's Team Beefcake that are under the radar. And what happens is Hogan goes through them one by one and kind of implies that anyone could be eliminated. We get little bits here and there where it's like kind of, you were really, really shit in the ring, but I like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The best one is Bischoff being like, saying to Trishel, you have a lot of things, but let me tell you something that you don't have. You don't have to worry about getting eliminated. Get back oh, out of there, you little rascal. It, it should be Todd going home, right? From what we've seen on this show but so far, it should be Todd. In fairness, yes, he didn't do anything. But, but I feel like... Total, like they, 
Like, you need to be told what a manager That's does. That's it. When you've been told, here's three moves you can do. Also, you're the manager, so you stand there. It's like, what's he meant to do with that? Well, like... Jimmy should have had special management training. Right? Yeah. That would have been great. Nikki, Nikki was the heel manager of the nasty team. Uh, and she actually yeah. did stuff. She was actually She big. was involved. Yeah. I think Hogan with a straight face saying, Guys, you all made me feel like I was at the greatest wrestling event of all time. Fucking hell. Which I was. Dude. You didn't need to add in the which I was. And it happened just now, right here at CCW. The greatest wrestling event of all, all time. time. You had to be there, guys. Yeah. You just had to be there. Is this where, where Hogan sort of softly accuses Butterbean of stealing his gimmick? What? Why are you saying that what you're doing is very reminiscent of myself? For fuck's like, sake. What, what, what the fuck is his self-awareness is interesting here because he's like Butterbreen you're my brother brother but uh you know doing the Hulk Hogan gimmick of not leaving your feet that may have worked for me Jack but in this day and age they're expecting if you're a big man they're expecting more of you which I thought was a fair thing to say self-aware because in 2008 I don't think the expectation was there that if you were a big man that you're meant to be bumping up and leaving your feet mm. that's much more of like a mid-2010s is yeah. when you start seeing like the likes of like a Keith Lee or whatever it is where it's like hey if you're a big man fly as well please you know but yeah Butterbean he ain't leaving his feet folks and if he is it's going to be at a risk of great injury to himself and other people but it's Tiffany who unfortunately brought nothing to the table and she gets dumped out of CCW with the iconic line Adam this was a really tough decision tonight both matches were great and at the end of the day Tiffany you're a jabroni. Get out of my ring. Tiffany, you're a jabroni, brother. Get out of my ring. Fucking A. It's not exactly catchy, is it? Not it's, really. It's so mean as well. Did he call people jabronis back in the day? That makes me think of The Rock more than anyone else. The Rock definitely popularised it, but like jabroni was part of like... Yeah, it is yeah. a general term, but I don't know if I've ever heard Hogan saying it. Hogan would have said it in WCW in his time. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's also one of those things that like when like the lads in the eighties were saying it backstage as part of KFA, brother, and then the rock started calling everyone Jabron. But like it's it was used in like hockey, it's used in sports, it's it's a it's a term that was used. Yeah. I think it was something that was like Hogan needs to say something fun. To eliminate I, people. I get that, but I feel like we could have done a little bit more thinking about it. Like, even if it had just been, what you gonna do now that your ass is out of here, or something like that. Because Carlson and Jabroni is quite harsh. Yeah. And a, I've checked ahead in later episodes, it's like, I'm really sorry, man, but <laughs> you're a Jabroni, get out of my ring. <laughs> we were in our car looking for some action, cruising to caption contest station hey once again it's me your old pal caption kevin man joined as i am by american mage adam bibolo well here's american i'm not gonna go any further well you know stones may sink and rocks may fall adam is uh, currently to uh, let you know exactly how the sausage is made tits deep in one of the worst <laughs> books He's ever Whoa. done in the app. I'm just assuming here. Hang about. Let's not put the cart before the horse. I'm not giving anything away, folks. I'm currently reading Hollywood Hulk Hogan, the first Hogan biography, in preparation of next month's Bibliotech on Patreon. I'm not saying whether it's bad or good. All I said was, this is peak Bibliotech. <laughs> the first. 
Can you imagine? How fucking tall are those tails going to be? I'm not allowed to know yet, but I'm excited. I'm interested to see if you've gotten some sort of Hogan brain worms as a result. I'm tapping my nose mysteriously, folks. That's all I'm saying. Look, there was a podcast that we're doing live. There was a dying child and Adam said, <laughs> brother, we're going to record this one just for them. And then it turned out that child didn't exist today's caption contest is sponsored by our old pal marissa mccool previous sponsor of the caption contest for their book of short stories and essays coming at you today with a six-part audio drama a bunch of plays that are available in podcast form on the channel queer drama in northern minnesota they are all available to download and listen to at your leisure wherever you get your audio spotify deezer You've got Speaker, Deezer. you've got Apple. <laughs> we're not on Deezer. At least I don't believe we're on Deezer. We must be on Deezer. Dude, we've got to get on Deezer. How embarrassing would that be if we're not on Deezer at this point? Look, I'm not on Deezer despite writing into the Beezer on a fortnightly basis <laughs> back when I was a young boy growing up in Ireland. Adam, I'm a big fan of the use of podcasts to deliver fictional or audio dramas plays etc harkens back to the old days where people in hats would go in and read off elaborate scripts and make noises like in that one episode of fraser exactly and i'm really hoping they're going to reboot that in 2024 fraser we're going to get nightmare in part two perhaps the podcast but yes, you can listen to Marissa's plays on the podcast channel Queer Drama in Northern Minnesota, as Kevin mentioned, but the first five plays are also available in book form on Amazon under the title Dinner with the Binaries and Other Plays by Marissa McCool. So the plays are dark comedies. We also have a little bit of an aesthetic sound journey going on here. If you are like myself and Adam, and you're a fan of Vaporwave, late 90s sights and sounds, mm. in the audio form... Well, that's going to take you through this compelling and unique audio story. So, if you want to check that out, they are available wherever you get your audio. And Marissa also writes a column under the banner of In Layman's Terms on WrestlingHeadlines.com. You can check out that if you want to get the latest and greatest. And a big thank you and a big shout out to Marissa for coming back and doing a little bit of a sponsorship here and we are very very happy to know that there are many wrestling references in the contained audio dramas exactly so folks if you like what you're hearing here go and check out marissa's plays and there'll no doubt be some little jokes just for you adam i think the pedigree can be stated simply by the fact that marissa is the person who officially lost the jid contest because their entry was in your words and i quote too good oh no <laughs> <laughs> well that's a compliment if there ever was one kevin shall we dive into today's caption contest yes the knobsters in the house check it out check it out the caption to jour is bright knobs going i'm not fucking kidding dude after he <laughs> jumps off his best friend's house sorry no check notes does a simple wrestling maneuver <laughs> while training a bunch of people who mostly have wrestled before and been trained. This is one of my favorite pictures we've ever had in the caption contest. And not to sound disrespectful or anything, but I think it would be apropos when the day comes that Brian Knobs is no longer with us. Me and Kevin, we're going to put together a special collage. I, and I this like is going to be in there. the center. 
absolutely. So this caption contest, of course, with all of our lovely followers on Twitter at a podcast. And we have some from Facebook.com forward slash Adichera podcast. But oh yeah, the cream does indeed rise to the top because after being asked nicely, we've also put up the caption contest and we'll do all future caption contests available for our backers over at Patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. You can expect a mix of all three. Hell yeah. So if you're a backer, baby, you can send us caption entries without having to touch that stinky old social media. I found out recently that a lot of our backers don't use social media. And a lot of the people who use social media don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a healthy middle ground. <laughs> okay, starting us off here, we have got one from Conrad. And there was a lot of these folks. Oh, I've pierced me foot on a spike. I will say from Ross Dixon here, we do have many variations of Nia Jax proclaiming <laughs> my hole. <laughs> My nasty hole. Oh, okay. Jeez. Wrestling referees as wizards here. It's the famous picture that's now used, uh, I believe, inspired the t-shirt available on our Teespring store mm. of Hulk Hogan bleeding almost Christ-like from every orifice of his body <laughs> with knobs looking at it going, don't look at it. Keep your eyes shut. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Alistair here, the years have not been kind to Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Harry, when Nan falls over on Blackpool Pier. <laughs> oh, Nan. And her a lot of attention drawn to the hat in the background, I will say, yes. as well. You can check that out for yourselves. The Puro Puri podcast, not sure about this Duke Nukem reboot. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. Unfortunately, <laughs> we ran out of gun. <laughs> Taryn Campbell. All of the Sith flow through. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> Charlotte here. Closed casket wrestling. <laughs> Fucking hell. The real CCW. Cheese Tom here. What about my knob, Hulk? <laughs> For fuck's sake. Tyler here. Big Terry, my muffler fell out. <laughs> oh, no. No, put it, put it back in, please. <laughs> Ken Hanley here. To prove that the metal O is harmless, I will personally eat one. See, there's like a... Raw. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. Unfortunately, it's shredding my inside. <laughs> also, as well, this is how a lot of people found out we were doing CCW, so there's a lot of variations on... I know. When you find out this is this is the unprecedented second place boys pick coming yep. to life, Kyrie Crawford. I didn't realize this was Brian Nobbs. At first, I thought this was some YouTuber realizing a game included pronouns. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> Thomas here. Adam realizing that Kevin is going to make him review control your narrative one day eventually. Why bring that up? Why? Second why? place. Why? Um, Adam, you are in an unprecedented setting of precedent right now mm -hmm. with your second place silver medal bullshit getting All right! <laughs> this was your idea! <laughs> Steven Friesberg. Upon entering the ring, nasty boy Brian Nobbs collapsed after tearing both of his quads, as well as a secret undiscovered third quad. <laughs> Liam Bullock here. Hulk Hogan Celebrity Wrestling presents Nobbs getting hit by football. Ah! Oh my groin 
Andrew Hill, John Cena lies face down in the background. Again, hash, think about it. Very clever. Tom White, Cody Rhodes in 2045. Story still unfinished. Kevin. Don't, um, don't no. do that to me no, now. Come I'm, on. I'm literally not in any position to joke about that right now. It's too real. How dare you and I have the temerity and gall to care? How dare we be invested in a wrestler? <laughs> Robert Hunter here. Brian, dude, were you a Paul Knight eating cheese, Jack? I think I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> JD run out. Help! I've fallen and I can't get over. <laughs> I mean, that is true to form what he almost said. Why here? Be careful. If Mario loses his hat, he will take more damage from enemies. For fuck's sake. Dr. Judge Private Eye. And as Ed Leslie continues to feed, this nasty boy grows impatient, waiting for his turn at Hogan's leathery teat. Uh, Oshin Tormi here, who I'm uh, slightly altering it, but... I wanna be a nobomaniac <laughs> oh, with my family sake. and friends. AJ here. Well, if CM Punk can go viral for shitting himself in the ring, then so can I. <laughs> and nicely rounding us off here, Hunter Dwyer, Kevin and Adam reading the match card for the next Billy Boys picks. No. He's literally been <laughs> telling us that card every month for like a year now. Every like, time we see I, him. I think I know it off by heart. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's all cage matches. Yeah. Oh yeah, look at you. Gonna cast your ballots early, are you? You're gonna do a mail-in ballot, <laughs> are you? Ridiculous. Well, folks, thank you so much for all your entries. It has been yet another fabulous caption contest. And we'd like to say another thank you to Marissa McCool. Don't forget you can check out her plays, available on all podcast apps under the name Queer Drama in Northern Minnesota, or on Amazon under the title Dinner with the Binaries and other plays. And if you'd like to sponsor an upcoming caption contest from the Adishira Podcast, get in touch, Podcast at gmail.com, or head on over to the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash podcast. Get your project, your book, your podcast, your YouTube series, your website, your thing in front of our tens of thousands of lovely listeners. All details available at the previously mentioned places. But until then, I think, Adam, it's time for us to settle on down, <sighs> head into the greatest wrestling event I've ever seen, brother, and sit <laughs> alongside Eric Bischoff, Jimmy Hart, and Hulk Hot Dog, and watch a little bit more of CZW, dude. You're a jabroni, brother. Get out of my caption contest. Episode two, dude. The intro graphics look AI, I will point out, with all the weird... Oh, yeah, they've been photoshopped onto muscly bodies. But like. it's 2008, so technology tells me this is simply just bad art. Terry Bollea is listed as the executive producer as well, not Hulk Hogan. Oh. So this was executive produced by a man with a smaller with a penis. teeny little penis. Mm, smaller penis yeah. than Hulk Hogan. Everyone is sitting around in the kind of clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. All, all hurting. Yeah. All complaining, passing around the painkillers. The fucking replays they show of Robin from the last episode. Yeah. Like, basically, everyone is sore because of one guy. <laughs> like, his teammates, Robin, hurt in training, and the people against him in the match he hurt as well, wrestling mm -hmm. them. So, like, there's only one or two people who've not actually been physically harmed by Dennis Rodman in the course of this show already. And then we get our fight. Oh, first one already. Yeah. How did we lose that last round, guys? Hmm. Did you do all three moves? Yeah. yeah. 
it's literally like watching people argue over how they can make an achievement pop on the Xbox 360. You're all wrong. <laughs> How's your ex-wife, Danny? Is that over yet? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Nothing. Come on, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron. What was that, Aaron? <sighs> yeah. The big boys. What, what was that, Aaron? I'm not saying anything to you. Hey, guys. Good morning, everybody. We know, uh... Is that the ex-wife you said you didn't like last night? <laughs> Yo, Danny. I didn't, you last I didn't night. like your hey, ex-wife. Can we interrupt you for just yes. a minute? Yeah, some respect, guys. Dirty Danny. There's some wrestling. Them tears rolling down your eyes, baby. You know baby. what? I know how to wrestling. spell it, Danny. We'll see who's here at the end. Okay, I got 50 Gs I'm here longer than you. I wouldn't bet a penny of my money. <laughs> That's because you don't have a penny and we all know it. That's why it's a safe bet. I actually made her cry and, uh... I made her cry on Bewitched when we were both six years old. I'm making that girl cry her whole life. <laughs> but it actually does start getting like really nasty really yeah. quickly. It's, it's Aaron and Danny fighting. Yeah. And Aaron just go just is a low blow asking about his ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, it, it it gets real nasty real quick where it's everyone's coming here who knows someone is like, right. In my back pocket, I've got a secret break glass in case of emergency. And it's literally the first bad thing that Danny says. You fucking ex-wife, huh, Danny? How how much alimony you pay? And he's like, a lot! I've got... He mentions at one point, I've got a family to support. I've got multiple families to support as well. Someone succinctly puts it as, your team lost because Tiffany was a jabroni. (laughs) Hogan said it himself. (laughs) Now, I didn't catch what it was that Danny said to make Erin cry, but she starts crying. And then we cut to a talking head of him, big smile on his face. I remember I made her cry when she was six years old, man. I've been making her cry all my life. (laughs) I love making women cry. The the three judges come in and they're still going at it. They just stood there. We're trying to get, like, Eric tries to get their attention. Just Aaron and Danny are just at each other's throats. Well, you say divorce enough times in a professional wrestling capacity. What's this, brother? It's Hulk Hogan. (laughs) And this is the point I was going to ask all of ye. Which wrestling divorce is funniest? Oh man! Because I like Hulk Hogan's divorce because that's r- really high up there. It literally left him penniless, <laughs> with the teenager <laughs> w- rattling around his mansion, having sex with his wife, driving around all his cars. And he's like, "It needs premium, dude, <laughs> premium." <laughs> and as well, that court case to this day, that divorce court case between Terry and Linda Belair is held up as the gold standard of if you want to take a piece of shit to the cleaners, this is the playbook. Linda's lawyers basically redefined how to take every penny from a fucker like Hulk Hogan. And Linda's no fucking... She ain't no no saint, you know? But sometimes it takes a piece of shit to fuck over an even bigger piece of shit. Now, the obvious pick is Booger Red himself. Boom! Oh, man, oh, I've gone gone divorce. The divorce. No. The very divorce. The big divorce was the one that made him wear a jumper on TV. And he's like, I'm sad now, Vince. I'm going home. Come here, Midian. Let's go out looking for some ladies. And that's, that's pretty funny. But and, I've got to go. That involves a cover-up of a That's it. A, a laser job yeah. on the throat. <laughs> like, that's the funny Imagine thing. Imagine the grunts when he's going, Oh, no! Are you sure you want me? Because it could just say "era" now, like you're going "era, era for fuck's sake, get rid of it now, come on." And then he could have just left it where it said "ra," like he thought he was a supporter of the Irish Republican Army, but he got rid of the whole thing. Or Rikishi. Or Rikishi. Ra. I think 
Jessica Taker's earlier divorce has got to play into this, Adam, right? Yeah, the one that made him leave. The, the one from 96, the one... Uh... Oh, there was the one before that, even! Oh, that's a... There's a 96 divorce! Let me show you the Slammy Awards speech where, where Undertaker literally, in full gimmick, is like... <laughs> Please take me back. Oh no! Are you fucking serious? <laughs> oh my, How have you never showed me this? That, that, there's the twist you didn't see coming. There was another divorce. The whole time! And it was funnier. The whole oh. damn time. It's amazing. It's like the kids that grow up on the prequels and they love them. And they're like, let me show you the other one. Like, uh, any, Anyone that would spring to mind for you, Billy? One that springs to mind is just... Just because it led to one of my favourite shit moments in modern wrestling, which is fucking Matt Riddle. <laughs> and like <laughs> and fucking Seth Rollins. Your, your like, wife and kids don't love you anymore, man. <laughs> How you gonna climb a ladder with no wife, man? <laughs> <laughs> my wife loves me. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Riddle, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did you say I'm divorced? No, I said you're you're, you're fired. fired. Oh, that too, yes, yes. Uh, I got a shout for Stone Cold's divorce where in the midst of proceedings his lawyer got stabbed by his wife. What the fuck? He got fuck? stabbed in the hand. And stabbed in the leg during a public dinner. Uh, yes. Like, I, like, they're like, we have to meet in public so as to not cause a scene. Oh my god. And she stabbed his lawyer with a steak knife. What? Steak knife? Yeah. Fucking hell. There's another story when you hear that name and divorce and you go, whoa, yeah, that one. You go, no, 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 no. Another divorce? <laughs> Fuck me. Wrestling's full of them, huh? Yeah, send in your favourite divorces, Obviously folks. the big mystery divorce is still John Cena, where we, like, fucking know nothing. Mm. Well, that's, we've all been paid off, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about that. We're not allowed to, because of the terms of the agreement. <laughs> Less said the better. I wish nothing but the worst for him, but I was genuinely excited watching Danny Bonaduce on screen because of whatever muck you were going to rake up on him. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, that's the only thing that got me through this. It's time we're going to test their balls mm -hmm. by jumping off a really high thing. Yeah. Which I really wanted to see Hogan go sailing off that, brother. It's fucking week two of wrestling training. And he's like, these days, wrestlers are expected to jump off of turnbuckles, ladders, even the goddamn ceiling of the arena, dude. Even the top of the SmackDown fist, brother. Which I totally did one time. It was Andre the Giant, it was WrestleMania 35 or 36. <laughs> I slammed that big stinky giant off the top of the fist, dude. We had a big monster truck match on top of the SmackDown fist, brother. I fell off. It was totally okay. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they have to uh, go off that really high thing there. And I will say, Beefcake just fucking... Straight away. Yeah. Yep, straight away. Uh, fearless. Pretty fearless. I feel like if his buddy Hulk Hogan is watching, he can do anything. Is it Terry? Terry, look. I'm going to do yeah. it. Can, you, can I be on your next I'm match I'm losing now? weight, Pop. Look. Oh. Look at me. I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. I was quite concerned, though, by this big inflatable that kind of almost folded over in itself when anyone landed on it. Yeah, especially fucking Butterbean. I felt like, because he's a heavy dude, and it looks like he's going to hit that fucking concrete mm. right through it. Okay, there's something really fun about this situation, because obviously they're only doing this because they know that some people aren't going to want to do it. Of course. Frank Stallone. Uh-oh. I don't want to climb up. Bully, I don't want to go up, but it's too tall. It's I so hate big. heights, man. I'm an agoraphobe. 
Oh, <laughs> they literally put a yeah. graphic on screen where it's like, look at this dumbass agoraphobia fear of open space. And he's not even Sylvester Sloan as well. He's, he's just his brother. <laughs> Trishel's afraid, but she eventually like does it. But she does like a fucking pencil dive she and a shatter ankles. <laughs> that is a rough landing right it's there, horrible. folks. I, I was excited about people being afraid because I was really hoping that we were going to get to hear some wrestlers do their chicken noises. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, move over arrested development, Celebrity Championship Wrestling has got a plethora of different types of chicken noises. At 6 minutes 45, we get nasty boy Brian Nobbs' chicken oh, noise. Oh, there's no chicken! Todd! Walk and walk, walk, walk! Walk, back, walk, 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 at 9 minutes 40, we get Brutus the Barber Beefcakes. <laughs> and at 1 hour 23, we get Hulk Hogan's cock a doodle baroo. Good luck, Danny. I hope you miss. <laughs> Todd's hat stays on. Yes. The whole time. How is it staying on there? Has he got the Curtis Hughes gimmick where he's got like glued on? Yeah, or that's it. The super tight lid. Jesus Christ, though. Yeah, Trishel looks like she's fallen through a trap door when she goes through mm -hmm. it. Feet first. Some serious give on that inflatable. Nobbs puts it succinctly when Frank just says in front of everyone, I'm not doing it, guys. Yeah. He just goes, Yo, Adrian, I'm not doing it. For fuck's <laughs> sake. And I love about this as well, is that when the whole thing is over, we zoom out and who's that mysterious, sexy older man hiding oh. in the rafters? Is it the icon Sting? No, it's Eric Bischoff. And he's like, I've been observing you this entire mm. time. This week, you're going to learn a bunch of new moves, boys. <laughs> oh, Eric! Todd, can you talk a bit of shit, please, first, though, about some of your uh, contestants here? They try and like, stir the pot amongst them. Yeah, yeah. like Broken Skull Challenge style. Like, big, big man! Big man at the back! What do you got to say about Frank not jumping, huh? Yeah, you think he's too afraid? What's going on? He asks Nikki, what What have you learned, Nikki, from doing the big jump? And she's just like, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> I love that. I love you, Nikki. Thank you for going through several days of CCW, being asked by the executive producer, what have you learned in saying, I don't know nothing? No. Wow. I'm, I'm just here because my agent booked me. And Frank goes, hey, what do you expect from me? I ain't no trampeze artist. I guarantee he gets eliminated because of this. You know for a fact, him being the only one that didn't do the jump. They say, look, we're not going to judge you on one particular yeah. thing, Frank, so you're lucky, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> but we're totally going to fucking drop you later from this. So, the moves that we have to learn this week, what are they picking up, Billy? Uh, it's a headlock takedown, okay. a schoolboy pin, and mm -hmm. a shoulder tackle. Alright, and once these, again... These are like the worst first six moves to learn. I know, but I was excited to see, once again, Beefcake and Nobs, they fucking... Bam, they I'm doing these fundamental moves. I honestly, I didn't think Nobs could take a schoolboy. Whoa! He rolled up all small. Landed on his back. It's like putting like a two bags of shopping into one bag. It was amazing. I will say, every time he does take a bump, there's a few times he Whack. lets the celebrities give him the schoolboy. He's like, ah! Every time. <laughs> you can tell as well, week two that the bumped card has been filled up from Beefcake and Nobs. Mm, yep. They're a little less kind of juking and jiving mm. this week. 
Which move do you think had the greatest possibility for injury or harm out of those ones? Because you, you reckon they're not safe uh, I think with two a, moves. I think a headlock takedown mm. could, could seriously fuck somebody <laughs> Remove up. Remove the head from the body right there. Like. I could see the schoolboy ending up with someone just sat on someone's skull. Like. Mm. So it's time to learn the moves, and that is Danny Bonaduce's cue to fuck off. And I was like, where's he going? Is he going to do a match in TNA? Like, what's uh, Oh! He has to go do his job. He's allowed to stick with his other commitments, so he's got a radio show that he has to go and record. So now they have three to four hours <laughs> to learn a move, learn the moves, learn the spots for a match, go through the... Because the, they keep calling it the routine. The routine, yeah. They keep yeah. calling it the routine, and then Danny's going to turn up maybe half an hour before. And that's yeah. the day they've decided like he's the leading man. Yeah. you know, And like you and I, have, we've done plays in the past, Billy. Mm. Never together, which is a goddamn no. shame. Oh. But you and I have probably both been in a situation where you've had to do rehearsals where, like, one of the main people ain't there. It's just it, impossible. It, to it's do. literally, yeah. it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a wasted 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's no point even turning up. <laughs> so, yeah, like, them trying to do a match and assume what Danny Bonaducci, the loose cannon of CCW, yeah. might do. Yeah, and they're worried because, like, if he doesn't know the moves and if he doesn't learn the routine, it's not going to be safe. Jesus. So they're being very sensible and like this isn't a safe way to do this. This is one of my pet peeves though is the constant referral to the routine and everything like I get that this show is trying to sort of show people like this is what wrestling's all but about. This, this is that's how it works. not what wrestling is. But though, this makes out that like matches are a strictly rehearsed choreographed thing. There is nothing in this about like Sometimes we like to work on the fly or whatever. There's none of that at all. I think it would have just been a simple line where it's like, you're not at that level, brother. Yeah. You can't, like, you, some people can call in the ring. You can't do that yet. So be like, and I, you know, I've learned over the years, you, as you grow up as a wrestling fan, you, you, it much like kind of, like the, obviously this podcast, because it's every word is scripted. Yeah. You know, it can only reach a certain level. Like, you know, that's why I script everything. Like, you know. And I want yeah, because we're not at the level where we can call it in the ring. Exactly. Or... I, I want every single bit to be scripted. And mm -hmm. obviously you will respect something that's off the cuff more than that. But I've come to learn in wrestling, you can appreciate, hey, there's a lot of matches where the entire thing is completely rehearsed. Mm -hmm. It's magic. Long standing greatest match of all time, Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat completely written down mm -hmm. every single beat of it along the way and that still holds up as one of the greatest matches of all time so i think you need to acknowledge this but this implying that it's the norm it's not it is the exception to the rule unless mm -hmm. you're ddp like you know mm -hmm. it is the exception to the rule fucking hell though you want to talk about safety on the job like, Aaron, <laughs> literally the first i wrote down in every episode the first thing that's said in training by a non-wrestler Last episode, it was, ow, my hips. This episode, my neck is killing me. Jesus. Yeah. Aaron burst into tears again. Oh, God. It, this really reminded me of early Tough Enough, where it's like, yeah. I want to continue. are right on their head, like, yeah. you know. And, like, you're meant to reward that. Oh, they want to keep going. Awesome. That's it. Like, you have... It, to be fair, Nobbs is there straight away, like, do you want me to get a medic? Do you want to leave it? And she's the one that's like, no, no, I can still carry on. How are they compared to Tough Enough in use guys' minds with regards to glorifying the kind of getting hurt, brother? That shows you, you know, because there is a bit of that in Tough Enough season one particular where it's like, ah, that's how you know you're getting in for heading the train. I, I don't think hurt. they do much of it in this mm. because they know there's no chance any of these people are going to become wrestlers. No. They know this is six weeks and then we're fucking done. In this, it feels more like when an injury 
injury happens, it's like, oh no, the what routine. are we going to do? Yeah, the routine's all messed up now. Like, I've never taken a bump in the ring. I never want to take a bump in the ring. But, like, I've known people who've done wrestling training and I've known people who were wrestlers. And the one thing that I've heard from them that made this kind of seem really scary is that if you are nervous and you are tensed up and you're like, okay, here we go. That's going to make you way more injury prone. Mm-hmm. You have to be loosened up a bit. Yeah. Attack the mat. Mm. You know, like you're meant to hit it as hard. Like if you go for that bump going, huh, and you're all tensed up, you're going to hurt yourself because everything you're hitting is braced. It's bam. But if you're kind of, you know, loosey-goosey, come on, hit me up. We had again, you're in that mode. You're apparently less likely to be hurt. Mm. But everyone here is like, here I come. Ah! Everyone's taking a bump like they're a fucking Jenga tower made of glass. A butter beans practicing schoolboys on the lads. That was something else. And he asked for someone heavier because he fucking launches the poor lads. Someone started crying as well during training. I noticed at this point as well there were tears that yep. been shed. Well, yeah. I think also it wasn't helping that Butterbean was fucking dropping bombs and just yes. farting everywhere. He's like, I just love to fart, man. <laughs> and literally the ring clears yeah. out. <laughs> Beefcake sells it. He drops to the mat. It's like, oh, takes a bump. <laughs> so a disaster waiting to happen is Dennis Rodman training. Oh, Jesus. And when him and Brian Nobbs get in there, and I don't know about you lads, but there was a little bit of me that, like, Brian likes being in the ring with the Chicago Bulls of star. Of course. He's a little starstruck. And it's like, you and me, we're going to show him how it's done. And straight away... Nobs regrets getting in there yeah. and saying this is how you do it's, it with the worm brother well, again we're training on these three particular moves and they get Rodman to do a fucking dive and clothesline yeah. the forbidden moves yeah. ow ow my ribs ah ah my ribs we get an immediate moment of Nobs going, fuck my ribs. <laughs> and then he turns, he rolls over and then sees that Robin's hurting. He's like, all right, I'm not selling this anymore. Yeah, no, I'm fine, actually. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, there's something about seeing two guys do a move, be like, dig this, and then be like, whoa! <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding, dude. I'm really sore. This was, for all intents and purposes, extremely inevitable. Yes. You know? I wasn't expecting it in the second episode. No. And then Danny just saunters back in to be like, hey, what up, what's nerds? going on? Hey, jabronis, who's been eliminated while I've been doing my popular syndicated radio show. Yeah, he gets special just him training with the, yep. the, 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 non, you know, the non-wrestler trainers, the, the helpers. And he's there in the ring on his own, learning the routine. And like, and from the from what we are shown, he like gets all three moves down to a science yeah. immediately. So totally like, oh, fine. Yeah, he's grand. Yeah, he's been cool. doing wrestling. Yes. He knows it. Now, I was expecting Rodman, who has always been told to me, all across time and space in pop culture, that, whoa, he's a wacky, charismatic dude. Rodman the worm, he's like a cultural icon. He's he just quiet. He yeah. says, fuck all. He's like, he tears his rotator cuff or whatever. And yep. he's like, yeah, this is my, my, I've hurt my shoulder. Gotta rest it. Like, does he know he's on telly? Like, Maybe not. He's so, is he like zonked out or something? What's, he's so not playing up anything. He plays nothing. I feel like out of all these folks, he's probably the one that feels the most above this. Because he is the biggest star. Mm. He's had the most successful career. And he's already been there and done that. Everyone else is like, this is a bit of a novelty, isn't it? We're wrestling. To him, this is a step down from wrestling main events in WCW. They should have led into that, I think, a little bit. But just... I was expecting, I don't know, the near seven foot wacky guy with bleach blonde hair to fucking do something, talk, yeah. say something, anything. 
You know, I couldn't tell you one thing he said the entire show. No, no. You know, he's it, the quietest man. Is he got like some sort of a muzzle clause on him where it's like, or he'll be in the show, but he's not allowed to talk. Like. I tell you who will talk though. This is my favorite bit. Is after we found out that Rodman can't wrestle, Nobs breathlessly freaking out. <laughs> he's like, All right, here's what we're gonna do then, guys. You know, well, you need to rest it up. So what we're gonna do is switch roles. He's manager. Instead of being a bad guy's manager, though, you'll be the good guy's manager. That's just to distract the ref. You're in Dennis's role now. We'll switch out another thing for you to do because I know you don't, can't do the clothesline off the second. Roman, he's going to be on the outside of the ring. Stallone, you're going to have to wrestle. Unfortunately, Frank is not very good at wrestling, so this is going to be a disaster of a match. Yeah, so, so Frank has an hour to learn all of Rodman's spots yeah frank is 58 as well yes yeah mm-hmm. i i do like he's a piece of shape i do feel bad for him in this situation oh, yeah. this sucks i feel bad for everyone here rodman is going to be the manager on the outside who has a look in his eyes that seems to say i'm gonna hit everyone for real anyway yeah <laughs> pretty much hogan swings by to just look after everyone very quickly only th- one of the teams though yeah i think it's because he got word in the ear about rodman being injured he's like look guys we'll let you know you gotta be careful with each other. Be careful with yourselves. And hey, remember, you control that crowd. They don't control you. I like to just ignore them completely. <laughs> don't, don't pay any attention to what they're thinking, brother. You've already got their money, dude. We've paid them. They are actually paid extra. Take it easy out there, guys. I want to see anything too big. Remember, <laughs> three moves. That's it. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Were you on the WCW house show loop when Hogan did a side headlock takeover? That was a fun week. <laughs> he did not do a house show. Right? Uh, I think he did like Never. one. Maybe one. Like, it's match time. Get a load of this, CCW maniacs. Trishel and Danny are going to take on Todd and Butterbean. And straight away, it's once again like literally Danny's walking to the ring and they're like, I think that Danny Bonaducci should be a professional wrestler. Yes. Yeah. he's gonna win insight. is he gonna win he feels like he's gonna they, win they repeat the same spot they did in the in the last episode yep. where danny tries to take out butterbean and can't move him mm-hmm. you know what danny's problem is bill he's learned too much wrestling and he's so eager to show off he's rushing now yeah, yeah really and they do, the judges do make note of it yeah. that he needs to slow down i'll tell you we reached the absolute maximum point that hogan can pretend to look like he cares anymore we catch him mid yawn he's yawning <laughs> yawning so far so good brother like not like when it's meant to be a boring bit it's just like no that's the best footage we had he's of him. meant to be complimenting them we get a genuinely smooth headlock takedown from todd yeah he, he gets that move down great i think he has something to prove after last week where he did nothing basically and they called him out on that Butterbean gets pinned and the roll up on Butterbean of all the people in the match doing a schoolboy on Bean right like he's so heavy it looks such an ugly pin and dropping them farts in your face when you got him rubbed up like that and all I've seen old stone walls and Connemara taken down with a sledgehammer with more grace than Butterbean bumps here he falls like fucking a ton of bricks Mm -hmm. yeah and then the person's like has to climb into his arse to kind of pretend Aww. to get a pin. And then Danny and Bean go into fucking business now. Like, yep. yeah, we we, we got to get the heat back. So Ridiculous. Da- Danny Bonaducci is up on fucking Bean's shoulders and is fully thrown at the security yep. gorilla the top rope gorilla press out of the ring that right. is ridiculous that was not one of the three moves boys no, no. but it immediately gives hogan a fucking boner he fucking yeah. loves that and danny bonaduce's like i forgot the part where that's my problem <laughs> yeah. so you gotta win this match you gotta break all the rules basically coming up next 
Aaron and Screech taking on Frank and Nikki in a you only have 60 minutes to prepare rules match. No. Genuinely, Brian Nobbs is having the most fun ever, it seems, because I think he's quite self-conscious that this is going to reflect on him. So he's out as a manager, I think. Yeah, he's, a, yeah. he's the face manager. And he's just running around. He's banging the mat. He gives it 120%. Dare I say, he almost successfully overcompensates for all the shortcomings in the yeah. match because he's so distracted. We get an awesome bit where Frank smashes Dustin's head into the turnbuckle ten times and then Dustin does the proper, like, stiff as a board, fall backwards sell. Like, that was cool. Yeah. Genuinely really good. And the commentary uh, in episode two, folks, just as great as commentary in episode one. Aaron, she was a babyface last match. Now, she is a heel. Oh man, Nikki's still too soft. Yeah, yeah. like she, it, like it, it's all going like in one ear, out the other with her. We cut to the crowd and see a guy literally rolling his eyes when she's wrestling. <laughs> the generous cuts when Frank gets the hot tag that makes him seem like he's like, he's like jump cuts around the ring yeah. to do different bits <laughs> like he's a wizard in yeah. an old beat movie or something like that. And yeah, they try and make it that you know, Frank rose to the occasion, but he's just he's too apprehensive. Mm-hmm. And once Rodman gets in there, it's like. Yeah, because we get a post-match beat down. Yeah, Robin just comes in and starts hitting people, and Hogan's like, I like when people go against our express wishes of yep. what you're meant to do. So it's really unclear at this point what you're meant to actually do, you know? You figure it out. Well, like... I certainly can't. Can you? Hot tag to the ladies. All the makings of a cat fight here, folks. Aaron's been having a really rough week. For fuck's <laughs> sake. Like, are we having fun? Or are we not having fun? Because you need to tell me, Bubba. I don't. I can't dual wield personas as effortlessly as you. Like. I think that's Bubba's idea of fun, to be honest. It's mm. a cat fight, and better yet, folks, one of these ladies has had a bad week. So Frank has got the pin, and Aaron comes in and gives him the littlest, tiniest. <laughs> it's like the lightest hit. Frank's like he's so like he gets shot in the back of the head, like <laughs> target down. Your target is the effervescent brother of successful Hollywood actor Sylvester Stallone. Frank Stallone fancies himself a jazz musician, 47, and he must be killed. So, yeah, they lose. Rodman definitely hurt himself worse by getting yeah. involved constantly in this smash. For sure. And he, he, when he went in, he hit Frank as well. He fucking clobbered him. And not only did he clobber him, Frank went, No! Please! And when you cower you're going to get hurt worse because he gets the clothesline right on his jaw and his ear. Awful fucking shit. Did anyone stand out good or bad in you? Like, was there an obvious person to be a jabroni in your mind, fellas? This is the, the, who should be going out in this episode. Yeah. So, based on, obviously, Team Nasty lose, I, I think out of the, who is here, it should be Nikki or Aaron going home. No. Nikki's too soft and Aaron's just not good. Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of people who assume this would go for the reverse apprentice mode, which is we eliminate all the women, yeah. like, aka the MasterChef professionals mode. Which the show does do later on. Yeah. Like, later on down the line, we're going to get rid of all these ladies and then we'll get down to the real wrestling but, brother. But I think just going off this episode, I don't think who does go home maybe necessarily deserved to go home based on performance. What did you think, Adam? I was thinking it's got to be Frank. Like, it has to be. They set like, it up, like... It doesn't mm. matter how he did in the ring. He didn't jump off that thing, and the therefore you're going home. of the episode demands that he get let go. We need that resolution. So Team Beefcake is safe. You are safe. Please get out of my ring. Thank you. That's <laughs> it's the nice much version. nicer than yeah. uh, you get the good ending. That's like the treat you get from Lord Sugar. You know, is is that version of the put down from Hulk Hogan? 
Frank, you rose to the occasion tonight, brother. Uh, I think he said rose to the occasion because he didn't rise to the top of the He did not remember dive. that. Aaron, you cruised, but that's because you're a fan favourite. What? No, she's not. What? Where's this coming from? I started to think that the judges aren't there for the matches and they just come in with their pre-written shit and they're like, yeah, uh, Dennis Rodman, this ain't the NBA. You should have worked hurt, brother. Yeah. What? <laughs> you get hurt in this business, you carry on working, dude. A, no. B, he did. Yeah. <laughs> but Frank, just back to you real quick. You're a jabroni, get out of my ring. <laughs> he says, I didn't see the eye of the tiger, dude. And we cut to Frank, who just goes, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. Aww. Now, we did catch a video on YouTube. 60 views and a nice lengthy interview both participants seemingly on a phone line of Frank Stone being asked for his time in CCW and he was very much of the opinion the only reason he got eliminated is that they didn't want to do back to back ladies being eliminated mm. because of political correctness going on wrong and all that obviously you fucking know. woke 2008 TV man you know these days if you eliminate a woman from celebrity championship wrestling you get locked up and thrown in jail but Frank acquits himself quite well in the end because he goes you know what I'm 58. I don't see many people who are 58 in here trying something new, doing something athletic, taking a chance like I did. So I've done myself well. I yep. thought mm, that's go a good. On, a- that's a good attitude it's a to good have. Attitude Obviously, the attitude didn't stick. But, no. but there we go. Uh, next episode, they say is going to be gimmicks. Yes. And my eyes got big, and then they said, "Coming up next on CMT, my big redneck redding." Oh, baby. And I kind of ended up having a much better time with CCW than I thought humanly possible. I think contractually, the limits of Hogan's actual appearances on this made it a lot more palatable, and seeing them trying to actually put together a shit show that everyone was kind of in on it was interesting for me as someone who just loves reality TV it was interesting to see the many layers of artifice it was in many ways the most wrestling reality show I've ever seen because it was so full of shit mm. but it was actively trying to deceive us at every turn it felt like how about you Adam you picked this thing how did you get on? I fucking hated this. I Whoa! thought this was so tedious. Like, this took me so long to get through because I could just couldn't stomach watching it. Like, My laptop died while watching this. Like, died, died. Died, like, died. Gone as, to the skip. As in, like, oh, I don't think we can do this episode and record it, died. Mm-hmm. And even still, I was happy to come back for the last ten minutes. I was full of regret here. There was nowhere near enough Hogan for my liking. We should have done Hogan Knows Best, to be honest. I, I just felt bad watching this. Not not bad as in, like, this is rubbish. Bad as in, like, I felt guilty that I'd chosen this mm. and that we were doing it anyway, even though we lost. See, this is what's happened here now. By me trying to be nice, I think that I've actually fucked it all up. Yeah. Because I'm sitting here thinking now, Billy... Are we doing Hardy Boys show next? I mean, I think we probably should. I think we should. And then what we'll do is, easy way to solve all the divide and discourse, a second referendum. Yep. Another yep. boys page. Yep. Another boys. No, we're, we're probably going to do more Legends House, I would think. Yeah, I There's think enough people... of a fan clamoring for us. Yeah. And people wondering again why we were doing another boys picks in the middle of a season it's because we finished tough enough that's it we wanted to replace that but how did you get on with with ccw bill uh it was it wasn't good but i wouldn't say it was like the worst thing i've ever watched i'm in no rush to watch more of it Mm -hmm. even though there are some like aspects of the coming up this season there was a couple of teasers yeah yeah Yeah, rob van damme bill goldberg in the house (laughs) 
and I, I got kind of like, oh, okay, that could be interesting, but we're not going to get any more celebs. That's the problem. No. Like, yeah. that's what we've we've got. What we've got. Yeah. And, it's yeah. only gonna get, and there's going to be more injuries for sure. I, yep. I, I would definitely sooner watch more Legends House than this. Okay. Well, I'm going to say then definitely we're going to do the Hardy Boys show. Yep. But we are for the, we are going to continue with Legends House. Yes. Officially. And not this. And not this. So with that said, we can talk about who wins. Who do you reckon wins at the end? Oh, I know who wins. I I, I don't know who wins, but I'm going to guess it's Bonaducci. It's Dennis Rodman, of course. Is it Rodman? Bonaducci gets injured on the second to last week, I think. Yes! So he doesn't get to make it to the finish oh, line. Yes! And yeah, obviously Rodzilla goes home with the win. Like, the one that has the most experience. He was going to win from the get-go. Yeah, funny how it that was, works it out. Was, it was 100% he's going to win the, this show. What did you think of Celebrity Championship Wrestling? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, wherever you get your audio, leave us an old rating or review. It's always greatly appreciated. And if you're on Spotify, you can answer the Q&A. What did you think of this episode? And the best thing, of course, that you can always do, recommend this show to a friend who may be after a little bit of wrestling chat follow us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash podcast and find us on twitter at ae podcast both of those social medias you will find a ton of video content clips from classic episodes clips from current episodes and previews of our patreon content if there's anything from this app you want to see set to video get in touch on twitter at ae podcast patreon.com slash ae podcast over 200 hours of amazing audio content that you're not going to see here on the free feed you've got over 100 episodes of the smackdown crawl where Adam and i review each and every single episode of smackdown a wild ride that sees us in the heady days of late 2001 Ugh. we're just coming up on our 9-11 tribute episodes yay. yay yay as well as that you've got album review series the corporate ministry of sound you want to hear us talk about jimmy hart ad nauseum terry funk's album macho man randy savage's album the musical offerings of michael p.s hayes and much much more as well as that you've got gamesmanship video episodes chaos comics and other comics reviews with adam and billy you got the biblical tech you got the reading ranch you've got at least two new pieces of content a month and for just five dollars right now you'll get access to that entire back catalog that grows every single month we've got an amazing load of backers over there on patreon who stick around and love that content because it's just five dollars and it keeps this show ad free and 100 fan and listener supported and if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things head on over to matthewsbotchermedia.com stuff things baru <laughs> well until next time it's gonna be a baru from me kevin and me adam and me baruli keeble <laughs> and we'll see you next time <laughs> on the outro podcast <laughs>